Usually at uh, this point in the service, we have a, a testimony. We don't have a testimony this week, uh, um, uh, partly because no one signed up and partly because I, I, I thought I could use a little extra time for something else we're going to do. But I do want to let you know that we try to take space every week to have a testimony. We don't have anyone signed up next week either. So if you're willing to share um, uh, just a five-minute version of your story, if you haven't done that yet this year, we would love uh, to have you do that. So. Um, I would ask you to raise your hand now, but I've had zero luck with that uh, method. So you're welcome to email me, text me, and we'd love to get you signed up for uh, next week or one of the other weeks uh, in December or into the new year. So uh, we'd love to have you do that. Uh, a couple of announcements. I want to give you an update on Giving Tuesday. I think I have a slide for this. Um, we were uh, able, with under Heidi's leadership at Little Bottoms Free Store, able to raise uh, over $5,000 on Giving Tuesday for Little Bottoms Free Store. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's good news. Last week, we had the chance to gather at Little Bottoms Free Store for our Community Sunday. And uh, thank you for everyone who was able to make it to volunteer. We decorated uh, 200 ornaments with the you know, hand-drawn image of our uh, Little Bottoms logo. Those, th that'll go to families this, this Christmas. They get to take one of those home. We wrapped over 100 presents. Um, I did get a text from Heidi this morning, though. Uh, we are still in need of a few gifts, specifically infant uh, gifts. So if you're interested and you were hoping to get something on the Amazon wish list uh, and you haven't done it yet, there's still a need for that, and we'd encourage you to. If you want to know where that list is, you can go to centralcity.co slash news. And uh, uh, if you scroll down, it's, one, it's like three announcements. It's three blog posts ago or something like that. So you'll find it if you scroll a little bit. But it says Amazon wish list. It's Little Bottoms free store wish list. Uh, there's a couple of them on there. And I think it lists on that wish list what the priorities are and all that sort of stuff. So you can do that. I will let you know that if you're, um, if you're ordering it, the easiest thing to do is uh, the, the, the wish list address is Denise Kilgore. And you're going to be like, well, if you don't know who that is, you're like, okay, uh, is this going to the right place? Yeah. She, she, she just has you ship it directly to her house. She's our assistant director. And so you, it should show up as one of the options for the address if you haven't done the address. So if you're interested, there's still a need for that uh, this, um, uh, this Christmas. So um, I want to spend a couple of moments uh, walking through uh, our impact report. So if you came in, you should have gotten a copy of this. You got a copy of this little booklet and then hopefully a postcard as well. If you didn't get one, you can go in the back and grab one. We've got plenty. The postcard is just uh, another reminder of our, uh, some of our Christmas services uh, next uh, week. On the 19th is our spontaneous Christmas pageant. If you've got a kid who wants to participate, uh, no rehearsals. Just show up that morning, I think at 8.45. Uh, don't quote me on that. Talk to Molly. But uh, show up. Roles will be divvied out. Those who can read will be reading the reading parts. The rest will stand and look cute. And it'll... <laughs> It'll, you know, it'll be great. Uh, but it's, uh, it's basically all the cuteness of a pageant without any of the rehearsals. Um, and quite frankly, you do the rehearsals, and then the starring role gets sick, which is even more a problem, you know, nowadays. And, and then everyone forgets their parts anyway. So why not just do it the day of? Um, it'll be fun. The, the second service, then on Tuesday, the December 21st, we're having a lament service. So if the holidays, um, uh, if this holiday you want to remember those who you are separated from, either because uh, they're no longer with us or uh, you're not traveling uh, or you weren't able to travel last year, maybe not traveling this year because of COVID or whatever the reason, 
I would encourage you to come. It's going to be a very uh, beautiful and reflective service uh, and a chance for us to remember our loved ones. So that's on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We don't have city kids for that. Kids are welcome to come as well um, uh, if if you want to bring them, but uh, we won't have any special programming. Then on Christmas Eve, we've got two services we're doing with St. Luke's at 5.30 and 7. And the 5.30 service, so parents, listen, the 5.30 service, we will have nursery available. And um, if you have an older kid that's not normally in nursery but might do better in nursery, there won't be like programming per se, but you're welcome to use that um, for slightly, slightly older than nursery kids. The rest, we encourage you to just be in the service. Um, we have that at the 5.30 service. And the 7 o'clock, we don't have any children programming. But once again, they're welcome in both services. Um, and it'll be a traditional Christmas Eve service of carols and scripture reading. And we'll be talking about that night. Um, our Christmas Eve offering is going to be going towards Open Door Art Studio. I'm really excited about this because Open Door Art Studio um, is right here in Grandview. They serve adults with varying levels of ad- disabilities. And they make beautiful art. It's a, it's a, it's a day center so they can come. Um, and spend the day there, and they learn how to produce this beautiful art. Well, what's really exciting is starting next Sunday, we'll have a gallery of their art on display in the Fellowship Hall. So after our Sunday service next week, the Lament service, both Christmas Eve services, there'll be a gallery, and it's for sale. And so if you like original art like I do, um, their pieces are beautiful. In fact, we have some in the basement of the church because the friendship class that meets here is uh, that population, and they've done some work there. Um, it's really beautiful. I plan on getting a piece, and they're, they're affordably priced. And it's really great because 60% goes directly to the artist. So a lot of these artists are on Medicaid, um, and that provides their basic needs. But um, when they can have a working job, and they're working artists, and they can do something like this, um, that helps them do anything else. You know, um, If they want to go to the store and just buy something for them or go to a movie, you know, they're able to do that because they have a, a, a this, this job. And so 60% goes there, and then 40% goes back into providing supplies. So there'll be plenty of opportunities to check it out in the fellowship hall starting next week, and the offering will be going towards them. And one more note about that. Um, I found out that they... Uh, um, they, uh, their art supplies are provided predominantly through donations, and they love used art supplies. And I'm guessing there's some people here who've got some used art supplies that you've been wanting to get rid of, and they take house paint, they take old brushes, they take all this sort of stuff. So if you've got used art supplies at any point in your history, just remember that studio. They love to take it, and you can donate it. So we'll be sharing a little bit more and more uh, in the coming weeks about that. I want to spend a couple of moments just walking through this. I, I encourage you to keep this and read for it yourself. It's our impact report. We try to do this every couple of years just to tell the story. This, this is the COVID years edition, um, and uh, um, it's been an interesting two years. Uh, we've experienced a lot of different things as a church, and this co- attempts to tell that story. Um, right here in the, what, the, the third page, uh, you know, there's pictures. Over the last two years, we've met in one, two, three, four, five different locations during COVID. We've live streamed out of three. We've met in two different outdoor locations, and, and we've landed here, and then we, we, we use the space at West Park as well. I mean, that's just crazy. And I, I remember thinking a lot, and this verse is in here, about Second uh, Samuel when they talk about um, God building the tabernacle and what it meant for God to move around uh, with his people. And that's been our experience. We've been in a lot of different locations, but we're essentially the same community. And uh, so God reminds us, I have not dwelt in a house from the day I bought, brought the Israels up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. And, and that's, a, that, that's probably a theme verse for our worshiping community as we've moved around. Uh, God continues to meet us. There's a little information about our new location here at St. Luke's and what we were able to do. The next page talks about how we've tried to do uh, worship a little differently, where 
we've introduced testimonies every week, and we've introduced community Sundays, um, and uh, and then a little bit of information about some of our small groups. Uh, City Kids, the next page uh, is an update. Oh, I want to mention, if you're online joining us, Matt should have put in, uh, at this point, a, a link. Yeah, uh, you got a link. You can follow along online. We got it digitally as well, centralcity.co slash impact. City Kids, we've, over the last two, over the last kind of season, we've been able to serve 30 different kids, um, uh, representing with 15 different volunteers. There was quite a few kids at outdoor worship, and now that vaccines uh, are rolling out for the younger group, we're seeing more and more families even come inside, which has been uh, great, and we're so thankful for Molly. This report here doesn't have her name on it, but this is hers, um, talking about what they've been learning. So if you're interested in that, Right in the middle of the booklet, I'll spend a couple moments here. Um, this is kind of like just a really generic finance update um, that gives you a picture of what we've been able to do in the last, uh, essentially last year or so. Um, because we, I wanted to do this in December, I ran some numbers from October 2020 to October 2021. So total giving between, uh, for that, that year, from October 20 to October 21, um, we've received $269,000 in gifts. 74% of those gifts are to our general fund, which is the fund we use to basically, you know, it's our general fund. It, it funds the, the overarching mission of Central City Church. 26% though came in through designated funds. And the designated funds are broken out into some of those other categories. So um, this year, uh, at that point in October, we had raised about 30000 through our MICA 6-8 fund, which enabled us to do updates here and at Little Bottoms Free Store. That number has gotten closer to 40 or 50 since October, uh, so those numbers are a little old. Um, Little Bottoms Free Store had brought in about 28,000, and then you can see some of the other designated funds, the care ministry, the mental health, some grants, and the immigrant relief fund all are represented there. A couple of things to, to pay attention to is at the bottom of page eight, um, you can see the average monthly giving by year. And that's just really encouraging um, because the year we launched um, weekly services from September to December of 2017, our average monthly giving was $4,953, which is nothing to laugh at. I mean, it's very generous. In 2021, our average giving per month is 21226 and it's just been a, a, a steady uh, increase. That includes all of our funds, of course. One of the most exciting things that's really important for us, because we're a new church start, is at the bottom of page nine. It's this graph here. This represents, uh, we've received a number of different grants, but this represents grants that we would call new church start funds. So, you know, four years ago, we didn't exist, and we received large amounts of funding, both from our denomination and from our parent church, Central Avenue. You can see those reflected in the blue and the yellow on the bottom of page nine. Well, as you've seen, as giving has increased, our funding has decreased in just about as perfectly as it could. I mean, it's just been a divine act of God. I mean, th th these things don't work out this nicely in life, friends. I mean, this is not how it works out, but it, it has, thankfully, for us. And in 2021, we did not receive any new church start funds, and we've been able to increase our budget as well. Um, so that, friends, is a major accomplishment for a new church start. Um, going on, uh, I'll let you read most of this, but I will point out a couple numbers. Uh, Little Bottoms Free Store has their report in here as well. Um, we're on track to giving over 40,000 diapers to families at Little Bottoms Free Store, which is a lot of diapers, which we're able to do through funds. There's a number of other numbers here. We've served, these aren't, uh, these aren't um, 
unique families. These are just a total number of people, of uh, these numbers, so just keep that in mind. But we've served over 1,000 families, over 1,600 children, some of those mul same children multiple times. Uh, we've been able to work with, been able to do this because of about 130 volunteers uh, at Little Bottoms Free Store. Almost 7,000 outfits, um, and that's outfits. So that's like 14,000 articles of clothing, sometimes more. You know, like that's a lot of clothes. Uh, 1,000 wipes and uh, 1,700 bags of diapers um, uh, representing that. You can read a little bit more about Little Bottoms Free Store there and some of the stuff they've done. Our new director's bio is in there. The very last page, um, we've got the Immigrant Relief Fund. Since launching it, uh, $12,000 has been donated to the Immigrant Relief Fund, and that's been able to serve uh, first-generation immigrants with some of their basic needs. This was in response to COVID. Um, you know, there's no safety net for a lot of people who are living here as new Americans. And um, so when uh, COVID hit and many people couldn't work, there wasn't, there wasn't anywhere to go. There wasn't, you know, there, the COVID relief dollars weren't serving that population. So uh, members of our church in partnership with other community organizations, uh, Ben Rule specifically, uh, launched this fund and we were able to serve. And then down below that is GAIN. That's a part of our anti-racism commitment is forming the, uh, a, a DEI group here in the Grandview area. And you can read more about that. The only other thing I'll say about this report and then we'll move on is uh, uh, our administrator's name is Matt, not Ryan. So that was just an error. If you call him Ryan, he probably won't answer to it. But uh, somehow all of us who looked at this uh, missed that, including, not to sell him out, <laughs> Matt, Ryan. Um, that's our impact report. Um, you know, I, I I'll share with you briefly where we're headed. I encourage you to spend some time with this and, and just so you can be praying and know about our church. Um, uh, go to the next slide. Um, this is where we're headed in 2022. We've, we've set our budget for the next year. Um, our budget for 2022, next slide, is going to be uh, 242,000. Uh, 2, sorry, I'll find my words today. Um, so just for reference, this is just Central City Church. One of the things we've made uh, a change in this year is we're really kind of creating, uh, we have the Central City Church family, but we're really looking at Central City Church and Little Bottoms Free Store separately. Little Bottoms is in the process of forming its own nonprofit and will eventually have its own board. And so we're starting to think about those numbers differently. And so we have a budget that reflects Central City in one column, Little Bottoms in one column, and then a, a total budget. So the 242,000 for our church budget uh, is just for Central City Church, everything except for uh, Little Bottoms Free Store. Now, uh, just for transparency, uh, we're taking a bit of a step. Our, our giving this year was well over that, um, closer to 260, 270, but that included a lot of one-time gifts to the MICA 6-8 Capital Fund. Um, you know, that was 40 or 50,000. And so really our budget is going to be increasing in the next year. If giving remains consistent, uh, which is you know the, the least that we hope could happen, if giving remains consistent in 2022, uh, go to the next slide, we'll, we'll project to bring in closer to 212,000. All right, so you can, you can see how this is a, a bit of a step of faith. Uh, a couple thoughts on this. Um, just FYI, uh, we're not gonna spend money we don't have. So don't worry about that. Uh, if, if we don't have it, we just, uh, we'll just adjust the budget. As a new church start, we tend to set a budget, and then halfway through the year, we adjust it. Now, normally, and Christy's our treasurer. She could speak to this. She's here. Wait, Christy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out like that, but you are. Uh, you're going to ask complicated financial questions of her, and uh, is a whiz with spreadsheets, by the way. But um, we, we, usually, we, we usually adjust the budget halfway through the year. What's interesting as a church plant, are when we adjust the budget, the majority of the time we're increasing the budget. Uh, so that's been, uh, so we've not had to adjust the budget to decrease it. But um, we'll do that if we have to. But we are really hoping that uh, as things level out and as uh, COVID and as vaccines spread, that we'll be able to grow and that, that our giving will continue to increase as we've seen in previous years. So go to the next slide. We are hoping to make up about, uh, uh, I think, close to $30,000 in additional giving. One, one way to think about that is we've got about 90 uh, uh, donors uh, who, who give on a regular basis. Uh, so that's about $330 per, you know, those 90, just another way of thinking about it, um, those 90 donors are about, if, if all of those 90 donors increase their giving by $30 a month, we, we would have it covered. So that's one way we can reach that goal. Another way is we hope to continue to grow. So uh, just for the sake of transparency, that's what we're hoping for. But our finance team and our board uh, felt like this was a, this is a reasonable step. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. I want to share next, uh, Little Bottoms Free Store. So our budget, uh, next slide. Our budget for Little Bottoms Free Store is going to be uh, close, I rounded, but around $100,000 for 2022. And uh, this was set uh, by Heidi, our operations director at Little Bottoms. If, if we don't do anything, so I'm going to explain this the same way. If we don't do anything and giving continues the way, you know, and we don't do any additional fundraising, et cetera, we could expect at the bare minimum to, to raise about $50,000. That, that includes some grants that we're planning to get and grants that we've already gotten that will be applied the next year as well as just normal giving that, have, that we've seen. Um, Heidi, though, is uh, um, uh, motivated and excited to, to some, do some additional fundraising. So um, we are hoping to raise an additional 50000 on top of what we would normally expect. Um, but this is also the type of budget we'll, we'll spend it if we have it. Um, so all in all, it's a little daunting because uh, the family of Central City Church, we're looking to raise an additional 70000 over the course of a year. But 50 of it is Little Bottoms Free Store, and, and, and one of the blessings of Little Bottoms Free Store is um, many of you support it financially, and we're grateful, and then many other people in the community do as well. And so, and as it moves into its own standalone nonprofit, um, it'll be eligible for funding that we're currently not eligible for as a church. And so um, I'm, I'm not worried about the uh, fundraising. I, I would imagine uh, that we, was, we will surpass this goal for Little Bottoms Free Store. And then we're hoping through uh, your generosity and uh, the ability to grow as a church that we'll also reach our goal uh, for Central City Church. So that is where we're headed. I just, we, we, we do this about once or twice a year. We just tell you what we're doing. We, you know, wanna, we want to tell the story, and we also want to just lay it out and say, here's where we're headed, here's our budget and stuff. If you have any questions about that, you can reach out to me uh, or our finance team, which is made up of myself, Matt, Christy, and Garrett, and we can introduce you if you don't know who they are, or our board. Um, and speaking of our board, um, if you like this kind of stuff and you like discussing this or setting, you know, dis making decisions and wrestling with the vision and the budget and the policies of the church, um, anyone who's willing to become a member of Central City Church is eligible to apply to be on our board. And we are accepting applications right now. Uh, we've had people join the board after only being on, at our church for a short period of time. Um, in fact, all of our board members have only been a part of our church for a short period of time because we've only been a church for a short period of time. So, 
So if you're like, nah, I've not been here long enough. Like, if you're interested, you can reach out to me. I'd love to tell you more about it. Uh, you can reach out to our board chair, Steven. I can introduce you. Um, but there's an application, uh, and you can go to our website, centralcity.co slash news. And um, I'm sure someone who's currently serving or who has served would be willing to share a little bit about what that looks like as well. But we do have a couple of spots we hope to fill in 2022. It's a unique way to serve. It's not for everybody. But uh, I have found our board, uh, the way in which we do our board is we try for, our, uh, for us to be together. And it's a form of discipleship. It's a form of volunteering. And it's a way in which uh, we try to model what it means to be a Christian. So it's not... It's not like a business board where we're just making business decisions. Like we're wrestling with the faith and we're supporting each other and we're praying and we're talking. And I have found, um, honestly, Alyssa and I have struggled over the last number of years working together and planning a church and raising, a, I mean, it's not been easy. And um, ever since forming the board a couple of years ago, it has been a life-giving uh, uh, source. I. I, there's not a better place I'd rather serve and there's not a board I'd rather serve with. Um, the posture has always been one of humility and a desire to serve our community and to wrestle with hard stuff. And we've been able to, uh, we're in the process of uh, a consultation with Love Boldly around human sexuality. We're, we've had to wrestle with COVID policies in five different locations. And um, we've had a number of other challenges and uh, no one's ever raised their voice at a board meeting. So I think that's, a, that's, an, that's, like, that's an accomplishment of sorts, considering the type of things we have to wrestle with. So it really is a good place if that's for you. If it isn't, I just encourage you to pray. Oh, and by the way, uh, our newest board member starting next year is Jeff McKee. And uh, he, uh, he's here today. So yeah, we're excited. If you know Jeff, he plays bass sometimes in the band and is a professor at OSU. So we're excited to have him. Uh, I didn't tell you I was going to mention that, but I saw you. So yeah, I figured I might as well. All right. So that's where we're at. That's where we're headed. That's how you can be involved. I'm going to move on from that. We're going to get to the sermon. Uh, we'll spend the rest of our time there. Um, I'm going to take a second uh, to reset. Uh, let's take a second to breathe in. I'm going to pray and then we'll jump into scripture together. Let's do that. Holy Spirit, we trust that you are able to work in and through us. God, we give you thanks for all that you've done already. For sustaining our little community uh, through a pandemic. For providing the resources we need to gather and worship, to, to serve our families at Little Bottoms Free Store. God, we just give you thanks. We don't know uh, what is to come. We don't know what next year will look like. We don't know what will come at us or what we'll have to wrestle with and what we'll have to debate and pray about and step out in faith to do. But we trust that you will be with us in that, that you will give us wisdom just as you promised to anyone who asks, and that you'll show us the way. I give you thanks for this community, for the good that uh, you're doing through us, the ways in which you use all of us in different ways through our gifts and our talents and our presence and our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, uh, two weeks ago, we kicked off our series Like a Child, and I made as strong of a case as I could, be, as I could to suggest that we shouldn't just care for children, 
as Scripture says, but that we should become like children. Jesus says you, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you become like a child. He tells, he tells uh, 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 Nicodemus, uh, you have to be born again. Right? So we have to become like a child. We have to have our own Christmas story. And I, I preached this for probably a good 20, 30 minutes. Um, and uh, today, I would like to share the other side of that story. I have a five-year-old. And every night, we have to use every method of negotiation and manipulation to convince him to put on his pajamas and to brush his teeth every night. Now, I hear Molly's got a great book um, that I'm not going to quote, but you can ask her about it. You'll think it's funny. Um, on how to get kids to go to sleep. And it's a fight every night. And then guess what? In the morning, he, he insists he doesn't want to wear pajamas. And in the morning, he insists he does not want to take them off. <laughs> so every morning, it's a fight to get him out of his pajamas, into his school clothes, and out the door every single day. And all that to say, as much as we should be like children, Jesus tells us, not everything about children is great. <laughs> is, amen, parents? <laughs> and we shouldn't be like children in every way. Jesus said we should take the status of a child. And, and it was this idea to, to lower yourself. Because in reality, as much as children can be stubborn and annoying, we are that and we should own that and we should become like children and be willing to lower ourselves to a status of children and recognize that our needs come from God and we need a heavenly parent and we can't take care of ourselves. That's part of the whole story. But we shouldn't become like children in every way. Three different places Paul explains this. Um, and so today we're going to talk about, we're in a series, Christmas Like a Child, what it means to be like a child. Today is, we're going to talk about what it means to be like a child, but not like this. Because not everything about children is great. So 1 Corinthians 14, 20 says it like this. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, yet an evil be infants. But in your thinking, be mature. Not everything about children is great. Of Ephesians 4.14, another letter that Paul wrote, As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness in deceitful scheming. Ephesians 4.14. In 1 Corinthians 13.11, uh, just earlier than the previous passage, he says, uh, in this beautiful passage we read at weddings, the love passage, 1 Corinthians 13, you've probably heard it, it's very popular. He, he adds, When I was a child, I used to speak like a child. Think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. So today I want to say, okay, we should become like children, but not in every way. There are certain things that we shouldn't be childish in. And if you read these passages, they all talk about the same thing. They're all talking about a very similar area. They're talking about the way you think. Both of them, all three of those, talk about not being a child in the way you think. 
Now, even Jesus, even though Jesus often says, become like a child, let the little children come to me, you know, he talks about this more than anyone, he even uh, doesn't always lift up children as the ideal. So I want to spend a little bit of passage thinking about what it means to not think like a child while comparing it to Matthew chapter 11. So if you do have a Bible and you want to follow along, it'll be on the screen as well. We're going to spend some time in Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 to 18. And here, Jesus makes a case that, uh, you know, he suggests that children aren't always the model that we should be, uh, we should be following. And, and this is what he said. He's, he's currently uh, at odds with the religious establishment. He's trying to convince them that, that he is the Messiah, that he's the person God sent to change the world, and they don't believe him, and he's frustrated, and he says this, to what can I compare this generation, this whole generation of people, what are they like? And he says this, they are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to the others, we played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. What he's saying here is, this generation of people that are unwilling to accept who I am, they're like children who are complaining about stuff in the public space. I wanted you to do this, and you didn't do it. Parents know that, know that phrase. I don't want that. Why don't you dance now? I don't want to dance. He says, you guys are like that. He goes on to explain what he means in verse 18. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. The worst thing about kids... What a way to start a line. Sorry. We're going to survive this, right? Any parents of older kids? They never want to do the things that they're supposed to do. And it's like, dance, no. Well, then do this, no, that's too boring. Well, get into your PJs, no. Get, all, you know, get out of your PJs, no. So here are the, here's what it means to no longer be like a child. This is what Jesus is saying and, and kind of thinking about all of this. In one, I'm going I'm to share just four points with you. If you're a note taker, you can write these down. Um, here is, when we think about what it means to no longer think like a child, here are the big ideas. Number one is this. Go to the next slide. You've got to be willing to change your mind. You've got to be willing to change your mind. You know, when I think about Finn and his unwillingness to get into PJs, not to spend too much time on that, but it is a, it is a thing. You know, he claims he hates PJs sometimes. You know, like, I don't want to wear pajamas. And, and it's not the, that's not the issue, though, is it? He doesn't actually hate the pajamas themselves. He hates the change, right? And, and, and that's, that's understandable. We don't always grow out of that, do we? we? We still are uncomfortable with change. And sometimes we'll say we hate something, but what we really mean is we hate the change it would require. And this happens in church, this happens in life, this happens in business, this happens in your families. I don't like that thing because that thing requires me to do something different. You know, I don't think um, uh, the people of Israel hated Jesus as much as they hated what the change he represented. Like, when you think about the people of Israel, the generation he refers to that won't accept him, I don't think they had anything against Jesus as an individual, but Jesus was requiring significant change to what they thought life should be. 
where they thought a Messiah should be, where they thought religious life should be. And they had all these rules and expectations set out that said, this is what it means to be a good Jew. And Jesus says, no, it isn't. And that change is so threatening. And they wouldn't change their minds. In fact, they wouldn't change their minds so much. Uh, this, this classic, they, they kept asking Jesus for a sign. Just earlier in this passage, uh, some of John's uh, disciples asked Jesus for a sign. He was like, how do we know that you're actually the Messiah? And Jesus says, well, friends, the, the, the people who are hungry are getting fed. The, the people who are sick are getting healed. You know, like massive amounts of miracles are happening. What kind of, what more can I do to convince you this is a good thing? That's what Jesus tells them but they're never convinced. They don't want to be convinced. You know, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing about a, a childish way of thinking. And we've all done it. We've all been childish in this way. You, you won't be convinced, not because the evidence is there. It's there. You just, you've already decided you don't want to be. Now, this, this, can, this might apply to your marriage. It applies to mine sometimes. To your parenting, to your view on politics, Justice, racism, fill in the blank. It's not that you won't be convinced. It's that you've already decided you don't want to be convinced. So Jesus says, you know what? He, he stops telling, he's like, he's, he's not going to play their game. He's like, I'm not going to give you a sign. You're not interested in being convinced about this at all. So you know what he tells him? He tells him twice. Uh, later in Matthew 16, I think also in Matthew 12, he says, the only sign I will give you this generation, is the sign of Jonah. How many of you know the story of Jonah? Involves a large fish, you know, this guy. Jonah's really the most childish of all prophets, if you think about it. Okay, God's like, I want you to go talk to people you don't know. And he's like, I don't want to. And he runs away. And then God has to put him in time out. This is how the story goes. And Jonah's like, fine, I'll go talk to them. And so he goes and talks to them. If you read the story, he's never happy about it. Even when he does it, he's still not happy, which is, you know, once again, childish. Whether it's a child or an adult, he was an adult. And then God says, you know, because he preaches to the people of Nineveh, they repent, and God says, I'll give them grace and I'll give them mercy. And Jonah gets all mad. It's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. And he whines about it. Jonah truly is the most childish of all prophets. But the story of Jonah is really a story at the very least, a parable about how the people of Israel during that time when it was written, it was written many many years before Jesus, were unwilling to love people who are different from them. That's what it's a story about. Which is, here, let me say it another way. The people of Israel were unwilling to change their mind about people who were different from them. You see what I'm saying? I have a particular perspective on who you are because of your nationality, your ethnicity, color of your skin. I refuse to change my mind. I already know who you are. That was Jonah, the whole story. It's it's really a tragic story because he doesn't ever change his mind all the way through. I'm unwilling, and this is Jesus too. In this passage, he says, he's talking about John the Baptist, and John the Baptist came uh, with repentance and a hard message. He was a prophet. Uh, I could be that sometimes, uh, but a little little too aggressive, right? So that's John the Baptist. Jesus came, and his first miracle was at a wedding. He he, he builds, you know, some craft wine. And they say, well, you're a glutton, and you're just a partier, Jesus. 
and you're a friend with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. They are unwilling to change their mind about other people. Now, here's the reality, friends. There are people who you've made assumptions about. I just want to say, it doesn't make you an evil person. It just makes you normal. It just makes you human. So don't beat yourself up about it. But you've made assumptions about people because of where they live, because of how much money they make, because of how they eat, what they eat, where they eat, how they raise their kids, or how they don't raise their kids. Fill in the blank. You make assumptions about people. And the first step to becoming wise, to no longer being childish, is to be willing to change your mind. The second one is very similar. The second one is this. We have to be willing to expand our mind. You know, part of changing our mind is willing to recognize that we have too narrow of thinking, allowing ourselves to understand that life is far more complicated than we originally thought. You know, so in, in the scripture passage today, they talked about how John, John was too, um, too, too much of a downer. They said, we, we wanted you to sing a dirge, which is like a funeral song, we, and you wouldn't do that. We wanted you to party, but you wouldn't do that. And John was this downer, and he was, preached repentance, and he would beat people up, and he called them all just really hard on people. And they said, that's not what it means to be a good Jew. That's too serious. And then Jesus was a partier. I mean, that's how he was known. He was known as... Fr- the term friend of sinners means something, friends, and, and he was a friend of sinners, and he, was a, he would drink and eat, and, and that's how he did ministry. And people are, well, you're having, John isn't having enough fun, and you're having too much fun. Part of growing up means, part of growing up, part of becoming wise is realizing that it's not either or. Do you, do you have to realize that life is lived on this side sometimes where it is dark and hard and repentance and, and sometimes on this side where life is full of life and joy and, and it's not either or. And this can be applied to so many different things. We can't get locked into a narrow view of the world. The third one is simply this. Calm your mind. Now, in this passage, it doesn't talk about it specifically, but throughout the Gospels, uh, calm your mind, settle your mind. Uh, we see that Jesus sets an example of what it means to go away, to find alone time. Just later in Matthew chapter 14, it says that he went up to the mountains by himself to pray. Um, Ephesians 14, one of the passages we read from Paul, talks about not getting tossed to and fro from all of these different perspectives. One of the ways that we become wise One of the ways we we learn how to change our mind, one of the ways we we learn how to um, expand our mind is being willing to separate ourselves from all the chaos. And if your life's anything like mine, which I'm sure in a lot of ways it is, and in a lot of ways it isn't, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of details to keep track of. You've got schedules and opinions, and we're moving into the holidays where we get to hang out with our uncle who says things. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's, there's this. There's stuff, and it's confusing and complicated, and one of the ways that we become wise is we find a way to get away every once in a while, and we have to calm ourselves. See, children don't do this, do they? I, I, I realized that uh, recently um, with Finn, I, um, I just get 
uh, candidly, I get very frustrated. And um, I don't know if you guys picked up on this yet. But um, I get very frustrated, and I, um, I find myself escalating. And I'm smart enough to know that you, know, you shouldn't escalate. That's what I'm talking about here, is like calming and settling your mind is de-escalating. Like keep yourself from escalating the problem. So I'd get, I would raise, start raising my voice and sounding a lot like my parents, which is always fun. And um, um, one day, though, uh, just last week, Finn said to me, he, I raised my voice. He just refused, refuses to do this very simple task. Probably something like putting on shoes, you know, so we can leave. And he runs away, goes into his room. I go find him. I've calmed down a little bit. And I apologize for raising my voice. And he says, when you, when you yell at me, it makes me sad. I was like, whew, this isn't helping anything. You know, when I raise my voice, he raises his voice. He becomes more obstinate. He becomes more stubborn. Um... And then there's no hope for anyone doing anything, you know? Like, we're not getting anywhere at that point. One of the ways it means to become the adult in the room, to become wise, to become not childish, is to be the people in the room that no matter how frustrated I feel about whatever it is that's happening in front of me, I can be the person who remains calm. I'm saying that from somebody who does not like to remain calm. I'm, I'm an animated individual. But that's what it means to become wise. The last one I want to share with you is simply this. We have to act on our mind. Jesus says in this passage, wisdom will be made right by her deeds. Wisdom will be made right by her deeds. In other words, if you learn to think about the world differently, if, you, if you've found yourself expanding your view of other people and you're no longer narrow-minded and you've learned to calm yourself and you, you become enlightened or woke, I think might be a term that people use. I, I'm not qualified to use that term. But, if, you know, like you, none of that matters if you don't live differently. You know what? He says, wisdom will be proved by her deeds. Wisdom was often personified as a woman. That's why it's worded that way. Uh, Wisdom is a woman in in the Old Testament. It's this beautiful woman that you have to fall in love with, written for a male audience, okay? So you can switch it to your preference, okay? Wisdom will be made right by her deeds. You'll know that this is good advice, that this is a good way of thinking when it produces fruit in your life. You, know, you can talk all day about how life should be, how you should be, you know, uh, how parents should be, how Joe should be a better parent. You can talk all day. None of that matters unless I choose to live differently, you choose to live differently. Now, I want to talk very briefly on why this matters, why these four things are so important for our church. Um, I'm going to do that by sharing just one area where I think this, uh, this, this becomes essential. Um, in 2022, we're going to be welcoming a guest speaker four different Sundays. They won't be back to back. They'll be uh, every. They'll be a, 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 a. They'll speak, and then there'll be two weeks, and then they'll speak, and they'll be. It's going to be spread out. But Robert Caldwell, who we're currently working with uh, through the multi ethnic IQ training, you can put up the next slide, um, is going to be coming, and he's going to be delivering a series of talks on the race in the church. So he's going to be talking about racism from a theological perspective, how it plays out in the church. And, and here, a couple things you need to know. I've been able to meet with Robert uh, monthly, as well as our team's been meeting with him monthly for the, for the last year, and I have found him to be a blessing in my life. Um, I've learned and I've grown. Um, he's honest. He says things that some people 
uh, might not say, um, and I've found it to be a blessing. The other thing you need to know is there's a really good chance that when he speaks, he's going to make some of you uncomfortable. I'm just going to name that right now. He's going to say some things that you probably haven't thought about. He might say it in a way that you prefer him for him to word it a different way. You know, it's going to make you uncomfortable. This is why this is so important. We have to be willing to change our minds. A mature disciple of Jesus Christ is willing to say, you know what? Just because I've thought about this one way my entire life doesn't mean I'm right. I have to be willing to change my mind. I have to be willing to expand my mind, which includes saying, you know what? I don't think I agree with that, but I'm not uncomfortable considering it. Part of expanding your mind, maybe you don't change your mind. You just start, you're just, okay, I, I'm, I appreciate that I can understand someone else's perspective. I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to take that into consideration. And absolutely, there's probably going to be some triggers. I hope so anyways. I shouldn't say it like that. And so we have to be willing to calm our minds, settle our minds. Whenever we deal with controversial stuff, we have to have that emotional maturity to say, hold on, I see myself getting upset. Let's take a breath. Let's calm ourselves down. I probably don't hate that thing. I might just hate the change that it represents or some other implication or whatever. And the last one, we have to be willing to act on our minds. And this is what's really important for us. We as a church made a commitment over a year ago, I think almost going on two years now, uh, to anti-racism. You can read it on our website. There's a QR code in the impact report. You can read it. Our board put it together. Uh, we had input from some people um, outside of our board. And we read it at our three-year anniversary at the Chapel in the Woods, if you remember. And uh, it includes a couple of commitments. And this is part of it. We are not interested in performative justice. We're not interested in you know, just talking about it and, and saying, okay, well, we talked about it. Check that off the list. We're really interested in digging in. It's going to be messy. It's going to make us uncomfortable. But it will eventually, once we've done that work, produce change in us, produce change in our community. And oh God, my prayer is that eventually it'll change the wider community. And that is the journey that we're going to go on. And, and, and the same thing goes around a variety of other hard topics that we'll continue to discuss as a church, if you know anything about us. If you're new with us today, uh, I would say that's not, that's not normal, but it is normal. We, we, try, we wrestle with hard stuff here. So part of being not like a child is we've got to be willing to change our minds, expand our minds, calm our minds, and then take action, act on what we believe. I'm going to invite the band come up, and uh, we're going to get ready for our closing song. And, and with that, I'm going to um, invite you to... Um, uh, pray with me. We're in a, a series uh, in Advent as we walk closer to Christmas Eve. And, um, you know, each Sunday we are able to light a candle. And this used to be my favorite uh, tradition um, because it was such a visual countdown to when I got presents. You know, very, <laughs> very theological. But today... We are on the third Sunday of Advent. Two weeks ago, we talked about what it meant to be like a child. Last week, we spent time serving our children, decorating little bottoms, free store, wrapping presents, 
that would go and help people. And today, we remind ourselves that not everything about children is great, that God has called us to maturity, to a life of nuance and mess and complication, and that in that, God finds us and transforms us. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the light that you provide us, that in the midst of life's complications, you're able to meet us and to love us for your hope, for your peace, for your joy. You promise in the the book of James that anyone who lacks wisdom can ask it of you and you'll be sure to give it. Help us, Lord, to become wise. Humble us. Help us to become teachable. Help us to lay aside all pretense, arrogance. In your name we pray. Amen.